Hey everyone, Chad here, and welcome to another edition of The Chad Shipley Show, where I surface up an interesting, insightful, and or entertaining story. And I am super pumped up about today's show. Today is actually a follow-up that I promised on an earlier show called The Path of Most Resistance, where I talked about a book from David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. For those of you that have yet to hear of David or know little about him, one, that probably will change very soon. He is catching on like wildfire. And two, this episode will give you a quick lens into the kind of person that we are dealing with that we're talking about here. He is He's being talked about as one of the toughest guys, if not the toughest guy on the planet mentally and physically. And it's because of his amazing story of being beat down and being a nobody his whole life and then doing a complete 180 going to become a Navy SEAL, and then going on to tackle some of the most difficult and mental physical feats out there. He did 4,030 pull-ups in 17 hours while listening to the song from Rocky One, round 14, on repeat. I think that song's like 2 minutes, 13 seconds. He listened to it on repeat for like 17 hours. Merry Christmas, as he himself would say. He ran a 100-mile race every weekend for eight weekends straight, 100 miles every weekend for eight weekends straight. He ran 205 miles in 39 hours. At one point, I think his training was something like he he was running to and from work. It was 10 miles to work. And then at lunch, he would run eight miles and then he would run 10 miles home. So he was running 28 miles. He was running over a a marathon is 26.2 miles. He was running 28 miles every day just to, during, and from uh, work. I, I can go on to list some some of his feats, but I, I don't want to ruin his book. So I'm going to pause on all of like the bolded accomplishments, and we'll come back to that in a minute. The other person I talked about in The Path of Most Resistance was Jesse Itzler in his book, Living with a Seal, 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet, where he has a badass Navy SEAL come live with him for 31 days to train him. And you guessed it. The Navy SEAL is none other than David Goggins, years before the world knew who David Goggins was. Jesse Itzler's book was super motivating, but also really funny just because of the stuff that they did. Like, can you imagine this guy, David Goggins, coming to live with you and your wife and making you do these things like, we're going to run every four hours, four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. And then waking Jesse up in the middle of the night to go run in like these winter storms, waking him up like every four hours to go run. Jesse, meanwhile, is sleeping next to his famous wife, Sarah Blakely, who's she's the founder and owner of Spanx, which that that just makes the entire dynamic even that much more comical. The whole story, just from one thing to the next. I mean, literally, David went with Jesse everywhere Jesse had to go. Like if, if he had to go to work or work meetings, David was there with him. Anyway. Then there's David's book, Can't Hurt Me, subtitled Master Your Mind, Defy the Odds, which was without a doubt the most powerful book I've ever read. I've been on a fitness journey for a little over a year now, and this book sent me to entirely new levels, mostly by just addressing the fact that I had these self-imposed limitations on the things that I, I didn't think I could do, and then realizing that I could, and then figuring out the ways to do it. So that's what the whole theme of the book is about. It doesn't matter if you can run 100 miles. It doesn't matter if running one mile is like an accomplishment. None of that matters. What matters is you thinking that you have these limits and you putting them on yourself or you having these like made up 
things that you just don't think you could ever accomplish and then ripping them you know, off and saying like, you know what? I can do that. I can run that one mile. I can run that two miles. I can run that three miles and building and building and building and building to become like a better and better person. I remember running FedEx Hill, which means nothing to anyone unless you are from the area I'm from, but it's basically a half mile climb straight uphill. And I, I went and did it at like 11 o'clock at night after a ski trip with my nephew and nieces. And then I, there was another morning where I just got up and I, I, it was snowing out and I went for a six mile run in a snowstorm. Like Again, you don't have contacts unless you live where I, I live, but basically I was coming from the Montour Trail, which is a running trail, really nice running trail, and I, I jumped up into uh, the, the Mall Robinson, so I had to go up Costco Hill all the way past the Mall Robinson, all the way up to the top of Eaton Park to get back on the Steubenville Pike. It's a huge climb. Um, for any that don't know, it's just it's basically just a big climb, and you know, all these people are sitting in traffic. They're staring at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? And that's at least what I was thinking. They're probably like, what is wrong with this guy? And then someone I know actually pinged me saying like, hey, I, you know, I I was wondering who the hell this crazy person was running up this hill. And then I realized it was you. So that, that actually kind of made me feel good. Anyway, there was another time where I actually ran, you know, 10 miles at 1230 at night, one night after a work conference. I talked about this. My buddy Dustin, he's like, I'm going back to work out. And I'm like, man, if you're going back to work out, I got to go back to work out. I had had a few drinks, but at 1230 at night, I'm, I'm running like 10 miles. I think I got home at like 2.30 in the morning. I just decided to sign up for the Pittsburgh Marathon coming up in May. I started a challenge with myself to run 10 miles a day for 10 days straight. And that may not seem like a lot for some people, but I wouldn't even have imagined running more than three miles over a year ago. I ran more, I actually ran more than 10 miles a day. I ran about 78 miles in seven days, but I actually quit after seven days. I had a bunch of running friends, one of them being Lauren Schaefer. I talk about her a lot on the show. She was actually like, look, you got to ease up. Don't, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to get hurt before the marathon. She's actually like, you're running more than I am right now, which was not a compliment. That was kind of like a, that's not good kind of moment. Um, so I, I had to slow down. But they sent me some running plans. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on those. I'm prepping the way that I guess you're supposed to prep before a marathon. But anyway, it was a huge mental win for me to be able to like get on there and run 10 miles every day. My last run in that challenge on day seven was actually 15 miles. So after running a seven day straight, I then got on there and ran 15 miles, and it felt pretty good. That was over a week ago. I I got some rest, so I'm hoping now I can get back into it. The last five weeks of the marathon. And, and do my, you know, the best I can possibly do. It's my first marathon ever, my third race of all time. I did a Spartan race last year. It was four miles. Then I did a 10.4 mile trail run in November around a lake, through the woods around a lake that I used to go to as a kid. And I'm actually hoping to do that 10.4 mile trail run again in May, but here's the rub. It, it's coming, it's like less than a week after the marathon. So I'm gonna run the first marathon ever of my life. And then a week later, I'm gonna run this like 10.4 mile Chell run. So we'll see how it goes. But finally, one of the most memorable things that I probably did was I ran a cumulative of 31 miles in one day. And it was by far the, the first I've ever run in, in one single day. I, I think I started at five, basically when the gyms open. And I actually, I think I ran outside, but I ran a half marathon. I was back by like eight. And then over lunch, I ran eight miles. Then after work, I had racquetball that night, so I went to racquetball a little bit early. I, I did a mile before racquetball. I played racquetball for two hours, and then after two hours of racquetball, which I actually won, I can't believe it. I, I think I went undefeated that night. 
And I, I think I beat the person that ended up winning the tournament. I'd never beaten him before, but I ended up beating him like 11-1. I, I was just on fire that day. And after racquetball, I ran the remaining eight miles, or I walked, <laughs> ran, walk. My legs were basically broken at that point. But it was awesome to think that I went from five in the morning, running a half marathon, coming back by eight, and then closing the day out, closing the gym out at 11 p.m. at night. And I actually burned a record high of like 5,300 some calories, which I did a 10,000 calorie challenge. I actually created the challenge where our virtual fitness group was trying to burn like 1,000 calories a day for 10 days straight. And it, it was really, really difficult. It was at least an hour and a half, hour and 15, hour and a half every day of pretty hardcore exercising to get 1,000 calories a day, just the average 10. So to do 5,300 one day was really, really brutal. The, the reason I talk about all those feats and those accomplishments is because Again, last year, like I would have never imagined I could do these things. And to some people, they might be like, those, you know, that's not much. But to other people, they're probably like, oh my gosh, it's like climbing, climbing Mount Everest. And, and, you know, it doesn't really matter. The point is, to me, they were huge, huge, huge feats. And, you know, like I just kept trying to build and build and build and build and rip off these limitations. So the book is really, really powerful. I can't recommend it enough. In today's episode, I'm going to just read through the introduction to let you all get a feel for who David is and how awesome this book is. It it really is a book you cannot afford to not read. <laughs> My double negatives. Sorry about that. It, it it's a book that you that you need to read. It's it's not just a book about training physically and mentally for races. It's a book on training for the hurdles and obstacles of life, and that's why it is so important. Anyway, I'm going to dive right in, and I'll warn you, there is some profanity. David is a little unfiltered, so if you do not like profanity, please stop here or continue but have an open mind and sort of filter out the words yourself. Okay, diving in. And I love this at the beginning, so I'm just going to read it quickly. It says, to the unrelenting voice in my head that will never allow me to stop. Okay, jumping into the introduction. It's so funny because in the in the introduction, I have the word amazing written next to it. And some of you may have heard me talk about in, in the past. I read a lot now. And when I first started reading years back, I didn't I, – I, there were a lot of introductions I skipped just because I wanted to get through the book and say like, hey, I read that book or add it to my count for the year. And I started realizing how powerful introductions are to books or can be. And this is a great example of how powerful an introduction to a book can be. And it makes me wonder if like I might have missed an amazing introduction like this in the past. That, that kind of bothers me. But anyway, make sure to read introductions and especially read this one more than once when you buy this book. Okay, here we go. Do you know who you really are and what you're capable of? I'm sure you think so. But just because you believe something doesn't make it true. Denial is the ultimate comfort zone. Don't worry, you aren't alone. In every town and every country all over the world, millions roam the streets, dead-eyed as zombies, addicted to comfort, embracing a victim's mentality and unaware of their true potential. I know this because I meet and hear from them all the time, and because just like you, I used to be one of them. I had a damn good excuse too. Life dealt me a bad hand. I was born broken, grew up with beatdowns, was tormented in school, and called the N-word, not saying it, more times than I could count. We were once poor, surviving on welfare, living in government-subsidized housing, and my depression was smothering. I lived life at the bottom of the barrel, and my future forecast was bleak as fuck. Very few people know how the bottom feels, but I do. 
It's like quicksand. It grabs you, sucks you under, and won't let go. When life is like that, it's easy to drift and continue to make the same comfortable choices that are killing you over and over again. But the truth is, we all make habitual, self-limiting choices. It's as natural as a sunset and as fundamental as gravity. It's how our brains are wired, which is why motivation is crap. Even the best pep talk or self-help hack is nothing but a temporary fix. It won't rewire your brain. It won't amplify your voice or uplift your life. Motivation changes exactly nobody. The bad hand that was my life was mine and mine alone to fix. So I sought out pain, fell in love with suffering, and eventually transformed myself from the weakest piece of shit on the planet into the hardest man God ever created. Or so I tell myself. Odds are you have had a much better childhood than I did, and even now might have a damn decent life. But no matter who you are, who your parents are or were, where you live, what you do for a living, or how much money you have, you're probably living at about 40% of your true capability. Damn shame. We all have the potential to be so much more. Years ago, I was invited to be on a panel at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. I'd never set foot in a university lecture hall as a student. I'd barely graduated high school, yet I was at one of the most prestigious institutions in the country to discuss mental toughness with a handful of others. At some point in the discussion, an esteemed MIT professor said that we each have genetic limitations, hard ceilings, that there are some things we just can't do no matter how mentally tough we are. When we hit our genetic ceiling, he said, mental toughness doesn't enter into the equation. Everyone in that room seemed to accept his version of reality because this senior, tenured professor was known for researching mental toughness. It was his life's work. It was also a bunch of bullshit. And to me, he was using science to let all of us off the hook. I've been quiet until then because I was surrounded by all these smart people, feeling stupid, but someone in the audience noticed the look on my face and asked if I agree. And if you ask me a direct question, I won't be shy. There's something to be said for living it instead of studying it, I said, then turned toward the professor. What you said is true for most people, but not 100%. There will always be the 1% of us who are willing to put in the work to defy the odds. I went on to explain what I knew from experience, that anybody can become a totally different person and achieve what so-called experts like him claim is impossible, but it takes a lot of heart, will, and an armored mind. Heraclitus, a philosopher born in the Persian Empire back in the 5th century BC, had it right when he wrote about men on the battlefield. Out of every 100 men, he wrote, 10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets. 9 are the real fighters and we are lucky to have them for they make the battle. Ah, but the one, one is a warrior. From the time you take your first breath, you become eligible to die. You also become eligible to find your greatness and become the one warrior. But it is up to you to equip yourself for the battle ahead. Only you can master your mind, which is what it takes to live a bold life filled with accomplishments most people consider beyond their capability. I am not a genius like those professors at MIT, but I am that one warrior. And the story you are about to read, the story of my fucked up life, will illuminate a proven path to self-mastery and empower you to face reality, hold yourself accountable, push past pain, learn to love what you fear, relish failure, live to your fullest potential, and find out who you really are. Human beings change through study, habit, and stories. Through my story, you will learn what the body and mind are capable of when they're driven to maximum capacity and how to get there. Because when you're driven, whatever is in front of you, whether it's racism, sexism, injuries, divorce, depression, obesity, tragedy, or poverty, becomes fuel for your metamorphosis. The steps laid out here amount to the evolutionary algorithm, 
one that obliterates barriers, glimmers with glory, and delivers lasting peace. I hope you're ready. It's time to go to war with yourself. And this book has sent me <laughs> into a war with myself, for sure. But that's the thing. Like the one, the one theme that you have to realize with David Goggins is he is extremely determined. So there is no barrier he can't break. And he he shows what you can really do if you put your mind to something, which is awesome. And there was a part of that where I read where he talks about, you know, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, it doesn't matter what race you're coming from. Like there, everyone's even when you're in that war and you're going and you're trying to figure out who has enough to make it another 10 seconds or another 10 minutes or to push for that extra mile. Like the people that have the courage to keep pushing this up harder and harder and harder and harder, those are the winners of life. It doesn't matter if they got $10 in their pocket or $10 million. So the whole theme of that book is just unbelievable. I, I would definitely recommend getting a copy. And if you haven't yet, I would go back and check out The Path of Most Resistance, that podcast. Take a listen to it. Let me know what you think about. And that's it. That's all I wanted to go through on the show. I was trying to make a very short um, show for you that you could kind of get some value out of and then run off and hopefully buy this book and, and read all about David Goggins. Uh, before heading off though, a couple things to note. One, Leaders on the Rise. I created a group called Leaders on the Rise. It's on LinkedIn. It's on Facebook. And I created it specifically to support, inspire, and motivate people who really are just trying to get after it in life. My whole philosophy is to grow in all areas of life that mean something to you. Parenting, career, recreation, relationships, fitness, health, etc. So I don't care. Like I don't, my, one of my big fears is that like one day I'll be this multimillionaire, you know, (laughs) who, is so out of shape or sick because my diet's thrown out of whack or I haven't worked out in years and I'm way overweight and I'm making all this money but I'm working so much that I I don't have time to play with my kids or I'm working so much and I'm so out of shape that I don't have the energy to play with my kids. You know, like it doesn't matter if you have all the money in the world. When you get to that kind of state, you are losing. You are like beyond or below mediocre to me, right? I think it's much more about having a balance in all of your areas of life. So even the other day, I had a friend come, you know, she wrote on Facebook in the fitness group that, hey, like my goal is to like be better than my mom was for me and to not drink alcohol and to go for a run instead and like, Every, every area, right? Like she's just trying to level up one, one notch at a time and that's what it's all about. That's being beyond mediocre. That's, that, those are the people that want to be on stage and not just be in the crowd of like normalcy and mediocrity, etc. So for those type of people, we're, we're creating a community that supports that philosophy and I'm working on pulling together tools that we can use to support one another. Like I just said, that virtual fitness group where the, she had commented that, we have that as one of the pillars. If you want to, if you want to get into fit, fitness or you're just going to start training, whatever it is, if you're totally new to fitness, join that group. It's called the Meraki 5 Chasing Fitness Challenge, and it'll be real easy to get to it from Leaders on the Rise. You can always just shoot me an email, whatever, but that's one pillar that we're they're pulling in to help support this community. So go to Facebook or look LinkedIn. I'd, I'd recommend Facebook at least. Search for Leaders on the Rise, and we welcome you. I, I put out content every day or I try to every day. Same thing. It's like the same stuff I build up, podcasts around. I'm pulling insightful and meaningful content out of these books, out of documentaries, whatever it would be, and I'm putting them up there as sort of like value adds that you can take with your day. I, the world is just consuming us with content. Here's everything that we should be paying attention to, and it's really hard to filter that. So more than anything else, I'm trying to provide a service that does all the filtering for you. So it's a place that you can come and get some value, get some meaningful content, and 
be on your on your way, going about your day, thinking about this stuff in the back of your mind, right? Just as an example, I had a really bad weekend. I, I a Monday morning, I went into Money Master the game. I started reading some Tony Robbins, and he he talked about at the end of that book how he does priming and what what priming is all about, and how it's a really an exercise to to reinvoke gratitude. And uh, he says a lot of people. You know, they, they say that they're a grateful person, that they're grateful for everything they have, but they don't really go through the practice of being grateful. And and I went through it and it's a ten minute priming exercise. He does it every morning. He says do it for ten days straight and you'll be hooked. I, I did it for like four minutes, I think, and it felt like twenty. But it was enough time for me to reflect on some of the things that were really bothering me, put some perspective into place, and to really feel like an enormous amount of, of gratitude. So I wrote that up, I put it on uh, leaders on the rise and you know so now other people have shared it and they're getting some use out of it so that's what the whole thing is about finally my website is the master record of everything that I do so all content can be found there it's sort of the one landing place go to chadshipley.com you can subscribe or follow whatever that'll make sure that you get an email every single time I publish something anytime there's a podcast I, I put a blog around it so you'll get an email saying that the uh, a new podcast has come out etc that is the a good resource for my latest and greatest content. So make sure you go there and check it out. As always, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it and hope you have a great week. Thanks. Bye.